Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. As always, I'm joined by Paola. Is nice while we're here. I think that's the third time in a row you've muted yourself, if we count both times we tried last week. And Alex. Hello. <laughs> I, of course, am Rick. And today I am the only person who's got completions to talk about. So we're going to talk about both of those. We're going to skip the retirements because there's none. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. And then we're going to rush into this week's topic, which is about releases for games. How do you time that release window? Why is there always a rush in November? What gives? And we're just going to riff on that, I think, a little bit before we go on to possibly a new round, possibly an old round. We haven't actually decided yet of how long to be be the game. game. That was all you, man. That wasn't even me. I didn't realize you were jumping into it. I thought we were about to talk about it. Can we just continue? Is it okay? Because I'll be honest, I don't know if I have time to play another new game in the next little bit. Uh, as long and as you we know can what? agree that I'll... if I somehow do not win, it is a robbery. Sure. Yes, I will 100% agree with that. And if oh. you want, I'll even I'll play something that you want as well in that month if you don't win. <laughs> I, I don't even care. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, I'll make that concession. I'm just like, can we just delay it one more month? That's all. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I mean, yeah. You know Whatever, I, mean? I don't mind playing the set rounds. I'll be happy. I'm happy to do that. I'll play something. I'll, you know what I'll do for you, Rick? Um, even if you don't win, I'll play like a Vita game of your choice. How's that sound? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I could go for that. Yeah, that it's, seems like a fair compromise. Interesting enough, <laughs> a little bit of topical news. Um, they've just made, I'd say they, the community, have released a port of the Android, iOS, like mobile interqual of Dead Space for Vita. What? So ah. I played on the podcast a little while back. There is a mobile... Dead Space game, helpfully called Dead Space, which bridges the stories of the first and second games. Um, I played it originally on iOS, on my iPod Touch, partially. I then completed it like maybe a year ago Mm. because my iPod's starting to die and like I've slowly been picking away at some of those games. Um, Turns out there was an Xperia Play version of that that had like button controls and someone's found a way to wrap that version and put it on Vita in such a way that you can play it. I'd play that. I mean, look, I'm I'm nice. jazzed for the Dead Space remake. That shit looks awesome. And so I'm like, yeah, mm. I'm down to get back into that world. Um, I never I never played that one. Oh, maybe you know what? It's I a good bet game. I did I bet I did back in the did. day, honestly? But I I don't remember it at all. Um, anyway, uh, it'd be interesting with controls. It's got sick touch controls, but um, it it basically sets up how the virusy thing ends up in the situation it does for the sequel. Super ah. not related to to what we're doing now, but that might be it. Anyway, we we shall see. That would, we'll, we'll touch back. That, that requires also hacked visas. I don't know if Paolo's. Anyway, yes. Paolo's um, hacked Vita. Okay. Oh, whatever. Okay. Is yours hacked, Paolo? <laughs> Isn't your Vita hacked, or do you do you just have two Vitas? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I do have uh, two Vitas, and one of them is hacked. Oh, there you go. Oh, exactly, told. and me too. I got at one hacked, one unhacked. For when I, I can remote play my PS4 that I sold. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well hack the no. other one. I don't know why I don't have fucking hack that one, but whatever. <laughs> I will someday. Uh, okay, Rick, what the hell have you beaten? So two games, two decent games. Well, one really, really good game, one okay game. <laughs> First game I beat, Link's Crossbow Training. Clearly the best. Mm, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I it's the the plastic you get with it is worth the price of entry alone, and that really does kind of color anything you say about the game in in a great 
sense. In the same way that Wii Sports is pretty lackluster in terms of content, mm. but it also came free with your Wii unless you were in Japan. So, like, it, it's hard to argue. Um, what I like is that you can go back and play a practice run of any of the... So, basically, there's nine stages. Each stage is made up of three levels. Each of those levels is, like, limited to a minute of time. Even the boss battles, like, you can time out of the boss battles, of which there are two in the game. Um, both, like, very clearly just stolen assets from Twilight Princess, as the majority of the game is. Um, and that's not that it makes it any less fun. It's just very blatant that it was quite cheaply thrown together, which, again, it's a packing game. That's fine. Mm. I kind of hate that to replay levels, you have to play them in bundles of three um because there there is some variance between the good levels and the bad levels there's also some variance in control because you have ones where it's a static screen and it will move you from space to space to space light gun style um there's ones where you are in a fixed point with a 360 degree view um and a little radar in the corner telling you what direction things are approaching from and there's one style where um using the control stick on the zap on the nunchuck portion of the zapper you can move freely now that is best to worst in terms of controls. One of the issues going back to Wii games is that anything that used the pointer for aiming, there is a, an area of the edge of the screen that you cannot, in fact, aim at because that is going to move the aim window. Um, now, in first-person shooters where it's not timed, e.g. Metroid Prime 3, not really an issue, and there's lock-ons and there's other things that facilitate that aspect of the control setup um a game where it's a score attack and precision and speed are both integral and you're on a really strict time limit can cause a lot of frustration and pulling of hair um particularly because the the thing that this game does is you have a multiplier for every consecutive hit that you make and i very quickly worked out that the way to score points wasn't to try and hit every single target it was to make sure that every single shot hits something, um, which is fun. Like, it's a really good setup. It's really cool, except that in the fixed point 360 levels and to a lesser extent in the free movement levels, um, the game sort of feels like it's conspiring against you because of the limitations of that setup. Mm. Um, still had a really good time. It's like two hours of gameplay, unless you really want to score chase. I think I got one gold medal, one silver medal, and then the rest were bronzes, which is the minimum you need to progress. Saw everything it had to, to show, enjoyed it, would never recommend it to anyone who wasn't actually getting it with the zapper. But it's cool. It's, you know, I think I gave it a six out of 10. Maybe it could have pushed to a seven, but like it's functional. There's some fun to be had. It's short and sweet and fine, TM. Hmm. Um, the second game I completed. Mm -hmm. Much, much better than fine. Uh, that is Shovel Knight, the uh, the Shovel of Hope campaign, the first one it launched with. Oh boy, this game's incredible. That's I hell yeah, was. <laughs> I there's a couple of games I'm still playing, but I had intended to finish before I got through Shovel Knight. But such was the draw of the shovel that uh, I I just kept going back and back and back and back. Everything I said about it last week still holds true. The game feels incredible. Uh, the aesthetics are wonderful. Um, there's a real charm to the way that this game has been put together. You can tell it's a love letter to a, a moment in time of gaming. And it does what all 
good pieces of media of that kind of thing do, which is give it to you in the way that you remember it being. So, like, it, it's got 8-bit sensibilities, but it gives itself a little bit of artistic license with the graphics, which are a little bit leaning more towards 16 than 8-bit. Um, the music definitely uses more channels than you would have gotten on an S while retaining that feel. Um, there is way more content than that kind of size limitation would ever give you. And um, it pulls through various sort of quality of life improvements and things that um, you would have never had on those original platforms. So it's not rigid, um, but it is really, really particular. Um, some nice touches on the 3DS version. There is a, an NPC that lets you like swap some play coins for currency. I don't know if there's a hard limit on per time you boot the game up because I never closed the game down in my run. Like I left it playing and just slept the console. Um, so I think I only ever got 3,000 out of him, but it's a nice little thing to have. God knows those play coins aren't getting used anywhere else. Um, <laughs> obviously, there's the, the 3D parallax effect. Um, really, really holds up on all of the levels. Some care and attention has gone into that port to make that work properly, uh, and it shows. Um, any other benefits? Oh, yeah, the um, the sub-weapons you, you collect throughout the game, uh, you can quick-select them by tapping a portion of the touchscreen rather than having to just cycle left and right one by one by one with the shoulder buttons, which a couple of times I found really, really useful. Definitely not necessary, but really nice have that functionality i don't know if the other games make you do it in the pause menu or you just have to cycle uh, but having that on the touchscreen was really really useful especially in some of the bosses um it, some of the later levels the platforming got a bit gross in particular there is an enemy that has a like wind thing that blows your character back um can pop up out of nowhere a few times and fuck your run up um and there's certain portions of the platforming that felt a little bit cheap but they are really really minor blips like i think i gave the game a nine but it, it's like pushing nine and a half like it's quite close to a 10. um i have heard that some of the dlc campaigns arguably exceed the shovel campaign so i'm, I'm really looking forward to playing those ultimately I, I think rather than try and run myself into the ground playing all of the shovel knight all at once it's the kind of thing I'll play a couple of other games, play a couple of other 3DS games, come back and play. I think Plague Knights is the second one, or it might be Spectre Knight, one of those two, anyway. Yeah, Plague um, is next, I think. They're very hard. Like, they, yeah. they increasingly get more difficult, but, like, but not unfairly so. Um, <clears throat> like, I absolutely love, I love the DLC ones. I don't like King of Cards. Um... I don't yeah. really know why, but I could. I, I started playing it, and I just I dropped out almost immediately. Um, but I still think it's a very good one. Um, but I don't know. I just maybe it was that King of Cards is the one that feels closest to Shovel Knight in in some ways. Um, okay. In terms of like movement, even though they're not. But anyway, uh, Specter of Torment I think was my favorite um because it is such so much fun you zip through levels because you have this like kind of like zip movement that you the scythe thing that like sends oh, in the air dude it is so cool and yet at the same time plague of shadows i think is the most unique and probably the most divisive like i think that will be the one that like i don't know i might almost recommend playing specter first because specter is only like four and a half hours or so and uh plague's a bit longer and it's also like 
plague is challenging because your movement is like bomb based, right? So it's like you're throwing and course, it explodes yeah. you up. Yeah, which I actually thought was like fucking dope. Like I loved it. Like I, I once I figured out how to use it, um, it, it took a mm. long time. And so it's like, because, you know, the games are really defined by their movement style, right? And like King yeah. of Cards is thing is like this like kind of bounce that he can do off of stuff um like weird twirly bouncing i don't know i never i I don't know why i couldn't get into that one um but it just yeah never it never worked for me anyway i'm glad you played this though i i just realized it came out in 2014 which made me go like fuck (laughs) yeah i mean it's been a while it's been a minute because you've both played this i think right I played up until I think Plague Knight's uh, boss battle. I defeated Plague Knight and then I stopped playing because reasons. Probably another one of those things. Yeah, life comes up. Where did you both play it? Fuck, man, I don't even know. On the Switch, the Switch. On the 3DS. 3DS as well. I bet it's good on Switch, to be fair. As long as you've got like a proper D pad, because I would not want to play with the analog stick. Yeah. Did I play it on this? Yeah, that's how I. That's where I have it logged and how long to beat. I, I don't fucking remember. I'm pretty damn sure that's where I beat it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I have to I, say, I, I was Switch very light, ready so. to get a Vita version, but I never, I never, I like the 3DS one so much that I didn't bother. But I, it yeah. occurs to me that having that wide screen on the Vita, it probably play really, really well there as well. And you know, Switch is very similar. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I kind of forget um, that the fucking Switch, you know, released five years ago at this point. So I'm just like. <laughs> Yeah, over five years ago. Which and if those Bayo three reviews are anything to go by, it it needs the refresh more than maybe most maybe systems that's that at that stage. Point about it some yeah. I don't know. I always because people mm. always say things are like, oh, but that's not what the switch is about. And I was like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like I'm just like I'm fucking done <laughs> with this idea that the switch is fine because it has a different concept no it is not okay anymore when you was outdated when it came out right because like the argument okay this is what the argument feels like to me it's like somebody telling me right or telling you something where it's like hey you know just because um you're like distributing your you know movie on vhs doesn't mean that it's any less like it's like you got to upgrade this shit at this point because everything else has moved on right like the editing capabilities the way that you're doing it it's like yeah i could release a movie today on vhs i can still do that and that is totally fine but do you know how many hoops you have to fucking jump through to do that you have to jump through a lot of fucking hoops so to release a game on the switch now you got to do the fucking same hoops as to release a fucking movie on vhs it's like it's like it's backwards anyway ah fucking god (laughs) i'm like I just can't handle it. I love Nintendo so much, but I'm like, dudes, we gotta get, we gotta move up a little bit. Um, especially now, yeah, especially since even the exclusive games are like struggling to run sometimes. So when you are building stuff, especially for the Switch, and you can get it to run well, you know it's time for a refresh. Yeah, you can't all be yeah. Capcom. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. You know should I mean? we uh, should we crack on? I think I think yeah. I've said everything about Shovel Knight. I'm sure I'll gush more when I get to one of the DLC campaigns. But uh, needless to say, the game is excellent wherever you choose to play. It should be 3DS, but wherever you choose to play. Also, we're in record time in getting to our uh, playing then. <laughs> yeah, well, no one... you two not pulling your yeah. weight will do that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm playing other things. I'm playing in real hey. life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been playing Lord of the Rings stuff. I've been cheating, like uh, like Pala did last time. Uh-oh. I, I'm not going to talk much about it, but I've just been playing the Middle Earth strategy battle game, like the tabletop one. So 
there's like a local community. And so I went out uh, and it is actually, it's, you know, I gotta say, uh, it made me realize like, you're like, right. Video games are just a lot of like an RPGs are just tabletop games that hide all the dice. <laughs> you know? like, like, yeah, basically. Right. Yeah, or rather anyway. the other way around, like tabletop games are video games where you have to do all the calculations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I I say it the other way because tabletop obviously came before video games did. Yeah, I mean, well, they did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, what do you well, mean? Yeah, I, maybe, maybe. But also, <laughs> <laughs> that's just a history thing. Um, but of course, this one is made after, so they can they can benefit from it. Um, but yeah, it's just really fun getting to you know play with others like in a physical space. And I have to say. Uh, as someone who lives in the Great White North, uh, winter's coming right now. It, the cold has hit. We've already had snow a few times. It's not, the snow hasn't stayed, but it's it's come. And so you need to find hobbies where and you can do things indoors. So uh, tabletop gaming, perfect hobby. <laughs> mm. um, on that note, I guess I can talk about what I'm playing then. Um, yeah, by all means. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I might as well start with, since I just hit on Lord of the Rings, still playing Middle-Earth uh, Shadow of Mordor. I'll talk a little more about the game this week. <laughs> um, since last week, I mostly just talked about shows. But uh, it's basically, like, I mean, this game, because you, you've played this, right, Rick? Yeah, I loved it, 100%. Yeah. Did you play the second one? Uh, I own it for one reason or another. I've never gotten around to it, but I, I waited until after all the controversy had ended and they like patched out the microtransaction right. stuff that was with it on launch. Because that's the thing, like, There's a right when game. Shadow of Mordor came out, it was this incredible nemesis system, and yeah. you know some higher ups at WB were like, "Oh, sick, we could charge for that." Yeah, which obviously you can't because it breaks the fucking game. Mm-hmm um oh, and yeah. at the time it came out i didn't have a ps4 when it came out if i remember correctly um so i played shadow of mordor on pc mm. um and by the time it got like a real deep discount on ps4 and i had a ps4 they patched it all out because backlash had been that severe yeah uh, but it, it's a shame because it nixed what could have been like a, a burgeoning franchise yeah i know i kind of i mean uh, to be honest it kind of plays very fast and loose with lord <laughs> Like with like yeah, very much so. Like Absolutely, it, it's insane. Like it, it's one of those things. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you realize I was like, no one. Okay, come on. Like I'm like, no one gave a shit. No one was like shitting on okay, this game. Come on. And then it has sexy Shelob in the second one, right? And like no one's like fucking burning uh, okay. things over it. Yeah. So anyway, there's stuff that I'm just like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. As long as people like do whatever with Lord of the Rings, I don't give a shit, man. You do whatever you want with the stories, as long as you kind of hit at the main sort of themes within it. And what I love with this game is like the idea of being connected with uh, Celebrimbor is such an interesting concept. Um, and he's also so like demonic in this, which is like a fun side of elves that you don't really get to see often. Um, and uh, okay, so many freaking thoughts on this one. It's gorgeous on the Series X, I have to say. It is <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. Like I, th- I think it was one of those like Xbox One X enhanced games or whatever where like they do extra stuff, and it, so it does like the auto HDR and things. And I gotta say, like, oh, very, very rarely do you see a moment where you're like, oh, that's a little, you know, like a little rough around the edges. Like maybe like in some cutscenes, occasionally you're just kind of like, oh, right, this is a game that was you know made made a little while ago. Like I think this one wasn't this a 2014 game as well. Uh, no god no so 
the the original shadow oh, in fact yeah maybe because it came out on ps4 and the xbox equivalent and there was a really belated last yeah, gen port at the time yeah. that was dog shit so yeah yeah, yeah yeah i'm thinking shadow of war was just more like yeah. 2017 2018 yeah, yeah, yeah. shadow of war was later um i still have a feeling that because apparently there's a ton of lord of the rings games uh in the works right now um yeah, I believe that they just got bought right by that big bracer group has and stuff, and so they're like gearing up hardcore. And so I, I would not be surprised at all to see this franchise either return or like, like something in this vein. But then again, does Warner Brothers have any responsibility? I don't know. It's confusing now who owns everything. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I, 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 yeah. So then this one's probably dead then. Oh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> the, the rights to Lord of the Rings is insane. It's like, it is parceled out in so many different ways that it's really hard to follow. But uh, yeah, it's like, because this game is like, it's kind of Assassin's Creed, but like way more fun. <laughs> you know like as far as yeah that's fair and yeah like more modern assassin's creedy where there's stealth but it kind of doesn't matter doesn't it also if memory serves have like a really pointless tower climbing system for the map yeah because there's like six towers you unlock and then that's but it also takes like a minute to climb them like they could not be there and it wouldn't make a difference really oh it didn't take long at all when i was saying it maybe it's yeah that's what i mean it's like it's it's a real it, it's a, a non-issue in the sense that, yes, they're there, but it takes so little effort to do them that it's whatever. Yeah, I think it's literally just because, like, that's a thing that's in open world games. And here, now yeah. you can see the land around you, and now we have a fast travel spawn point. Like, you can tell it's, like, not integral. Like, it's clearly just because Assassin's Creed had done it, and now this is what you do in open world games. There's got to be something. Like, I'm sure designers have a reason why they continually use it besides just, like, it's a thing that's done. Like, there must be something convenient about having the towers. Like, it might be that you could see them in the distance. But in this game, it's also weird because unless you're in... So this game is like, yeah, it's it's Arkham Asylum meets Assassin's Creed, right? Because it uses... With the, a Lord of the Rings skin, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. uses the Arkham combat, kind of. Like, obviously, there's, like, different things. But it uses the Arkham combo combat, where it's, like, build up your combo meter, do the reaction blocks. Um, and you have Batman's detective mode as Celebrimbor. Um, but then you have the open world of Assassin's Creed. And it's, like... I actually think it's more successful than both of those in the marriage of its its concepts and its and its um, yeah. techniques, especially because the nemesis system is like I know like at this point now people have talked about it a bunch, but like I no one's done it since right like this like I, I think there's a patent yeah for sure, but I mean you could easily create something similar without infringing their patent, yeah. right? you know what I mean like the idea of like like and and also I, I you know. I sort of think it's fair that they patented it because it's a really impressive system as much as I would love it to just be open and available. But I think, um, I do think you could create something similar, right? Like something where they remember, like they can't patent the idea of, you know, memories that remember yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's more that their code yeah. I think, is patented. Um, but, uh, um, but there is something incredible to this. Like every time you die, um, you get to see the power levels and like all these, like, you know, Uruks make their moves on each other and come through. And like I, something I also loved is that like, because in, in a game like this, you're often just gonna run past enemies. But if they notice you, sometimes they'll come back and be like, "Hey, you're that asshole who ran away," as if like they <laughs> ran away from you, which I think is kind of funny. Like they're like, "Yeah," and then you can be like, "Oh, that's what you thought." Well, I'm gonna murder you now. 
Um, except sometimes they're really good at murdering you. Fuck, man, I still uh-huh. die in this and game. <laughs> there's there's definitely, like, mildly spoiler, there's definitely something underlying where it, based on how it goes, picks, like, one or two to be the nemesis. Yes. And they, they're, like, the specific one that then kind of gets tied into the story. Um, and Rabbit. with them and with us, <laughs> I think... <laughs> My favorite parts were often where you'd be doing something completely unrelated. Maybe you'd be having a fight and then one or two other ones would be like, ah, here you are. And it would just devolve into this fucking shit Chaos. Yeah, that's the best thing. Like, I remember I was doing a fucking um, like little challenge on this guy. And then all of a sudden these two other assholes who I had like fought previously show up and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> and you're like, no. Yeah. And it, it, but that's the beauty of that system, right? Like the emergent gameplay moments that you couldn't script and it makes it something unique for you. And it gives you these stories to tell and yeah. um, the, these moments specific to you and your time with the game. And it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like overloaded. Like a lot of open world games are, it, it's definitely close to being that, but like, I find the side quest stuff, like the challenge weapon challenges are actually quite fun. Um, and hmm. like, I enjoy seeking them out because there's not that many of them. Plus it has real tangible rewards. It's like, well, if you do this, you get to really increase your weapons. And you can get these like new legendary weapons. And it's just fun to do like a mission where it's like, you know, snipe eight guys in the head uh, while in focus mode. And you're like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. Um, <clears throat> and like, it's actually one of the few games where like the bow feels very tangible. Like it is so that much fun to snipe motherfuckers because it, it does that focus zoom mode. It kind of made me wish I'd played it on PC, but then again, I want my nice big TV. Because uh, I'm like, you know, I still hate aiming with the analog with it. But it's I get fun. that. Um, I'm sure I could be just like fucking pew 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 pinging motherfuckers if i was on pc <laughs> but then again you probably still want to play with the control pack because i think it would probably play weird mostly keyboard because uh, it is a combat game i think i played it on steam controller and yeah. it was still really really good i do want to go back to your point of it being just really really streamlined as well because yeah. with both dlcs like my game time i think fell just under the 30 hour mark yeah it's an open world that doesn't want to be oppressive with its size. Yeah. And I think that maybe got taken for granted at the time, but I, I went to it a little bit late. I think it was 2017 that I played it. Um, and, you know, even then having something like that felt quite refreshing. Um, I imagine even more so if you're coming to it now, having played Cyberpunk and some of the other bigger open worlds, it's nice to have something that's open but not huge yeah because even the sequel's not that big like um mm. the it's it's like main plus extra is like 36 hours right like it's it's like a little mm. bit bigger right like like a few or so hours bigger and i really really do appreciate it because like i i like open world games but there does come to a point where you're just like fuck okay i get it right like i'm like you got a big world whatever <laughs> but this one it feels dense right like the world's not mm. super big but there's always stuff going on in it and so it, it feels really satisfying i'm actually quite excited to get to the sequel because um there's this dlc where they did like a roguelite in like the desert and i'm like i'm ready to try it out Ooh. yeah there's like a, okay. it's like a permanent death ga- yeah apparently it's really cool and really fun so i want to try that out mm. but uh because now I have all the DLC and stuff. So I remember at the time, I think some people were kind of disappointed by the DLC. But from what I remember, it, it, it's fine. Like, it, it, if you get it in the game of the year, it's fun to play. Um, maybe if you're char- being charged the exorbitant prices that, you know, companies are charging for it, you'd probably feel a little let down. Maybe less so, yeah. When you're removed from it, it's no big deal. 
anyway, that's mm. uh, that's Shadow of Mordor. It's like I highly, highly recommend it. Like these two are easily the best Lord of the Rings games that have like ever been made. Like they're just because um, they're some of the best games out there in general. Like they're super, super good. So I just mm. feel very happy that Lord of the Rings was put over top of this. You know, I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, what else have I been playing? Oh yeah, Castlevania: Order of Ecclesia. Still playing. I haven't really got much further in at all. Uh, but it's a nice little Halloween game, you know? It's spooky. Yeah, it's spooky. <laughs> and it's really tight. It just it feels good. Um, it looks great. It's a fun game. I wish I had more to say, but I don't right now. <laughs> but I will soon. Um, Crusader Kings 3, I am still completely and entirely baffled uh, by this game. Mm. It's, it's likely going to hit the retirement soon because you can't beat Crusader Kings 3. I don't know how... Like, I don't know. I, do, do you beat it when you complete like a, a campaign? I guess like it, it, they literally say when you start the game, they're like, "Crusader Kings Three is not about winning; it's about playing." Mm-hmm. And, you know, because they're like, because you can't really, you can't really win, right? You're creating a dynasty, and eventually that dynasty will die and it will be over, and that's fine. Um, so it's just like what's going to happen to you along the way, um, which I think is really fun and neat. But Jesus Christ, man, Paradox Games, it's like. You feel like you're entering into a PhD program or something to play a game, you know? <laughs> Which I can appreciate, you know? Like, I, I, I get it. Um, but it's like, you know, I, I was starting that tabletop game, right? And that has a giant rule book that I had to get familiar with. And I'm like, I only have time for one big complicated thing in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm really glad I'm trying it out uh, at the moment. Um, I think another one of my wives died, so I'm on number three now. <laughs> Childbirth sucks, man. That's that's a sentence. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> enough. I'm on number three now. I feel like I'm in House of Dragons right now. It's like just bad, bad time. Which I think there's actually a really cool Game of Thrones mod, but I think that's only for Crusader Kings two. I don't think they brought it over to three yet. Yeah, I think that's for number two as well from memory. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm gonna continue to try and rule Ireland and with a uh, iron fist. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's kind of it for me honestly I, I, I like i said i haven't been playing oh i wasn't trying to be a pun or anything um <laughs> uh i guess it kind of is um but what was i gonna say God, dang it pal now you got me all <laughs> discombobulated <laughs> Whoopsie, <whoopsie. laughs> um yeah like i said i just haven't really been playing a lot of games because i've just been busy and i've been just painting miniatures my eyes are just like i've just been doing that like all week I've had that classic look where like I'm nearsighted. Right. So like I've been like pushing my glasses down and I'm like, you know, looking over my glasses and then I'll look up the TV while I watch the shit. I'm just like, I'm an old man now, <laughs> which I know Tiamat just went, no, you're not, but it's all relative. <laughs> uh, why don't, why don't you take it away? Who wants to go? Pal, actually, why don't you go on, pal. You've not gone yet. Yeah. Um, I'm still technically playing Pure Fairy Fading Memories. I haven't started Jank's route yet, but hopefully I will soon. I played a lot of Garden Tales, so I haven't continued with the story. I'm just farming materials for my uh, existing characters. And I actually got the weapon, the special weapon for uh, one of the characters that I last week so we do um now trying to get the last character from the special 
uh, Slayer's Banner. Um, but I don't think I will, to be honest, because Lady Luck is not always on my side. <laughs> Lady Luck was on my side to get Rina, but I think she left me down. So I am sad, sad, lonely, Paula. Oh, no. And I've played a little bit of Pokemon White. I've made my way to Nimbasa City. That's where the second game is. And right now, my party has, has um, a Gabutops for some reason. Like, I found it like out in the wild because of the randomizer stuff. Mm -hmm. So I am working two uh, water types now. So let's see where that gets at. To be honest, I remember if we had all the water TMs that we have on. No, we have like half of the water TMs that we have on uh, Pokemon Soul Silver. As you know, Soul Silver has the um, highest amount of TMs in all the Pokemon uh, games, like at the very least, the water type ones, because they have we all know. Whirlpool. As everyone knows, Sorry. that common knowledge for everybody. All of the I'm just they have, they have Whirlpool, Waterfall, and Whirlpool, Waterfall, and Surf. And I'm pretty sure they have like one more useless TM. Oh, they have Flash, but they don't really use it, so you can keep it. Actually, Platinum is the one that has the most stupid TMs, like Defog. Like, oh no, it's foggy. No use default and it's not foggy anymore and you don't have to use it like ever again in the game anyway uh anyway. little hand over like do you surf in pokemon white like i don't remember any large waters of uh any large bodies of water so Oof, that's the area anyway i'm not very familiar probably with, so. over. <laughs> yeah. um and so far so good it's the game itself is fun, though I have to say, since I probably have types of Pokemon that the game didn't intend to me to have uh, up until later, because I don't even have like a rod to, to fish out water Pokemon with, um, I might have slapped the game in two in, in terms of the difficulty curve. Though I have to say, a lot of my Pokemon aren't like really heavy attackers, uh, like not right now. So I have to use uh, different strategies from I from what I use usually use. Like I am actually using Leech Seed and um, Absorb with my Shroomish and Stansport. So those battles do last a long time, I think. Or Martinto, since Tinto is more of a special um, tank rather than an attacker, uh, poor Tito, uh, my poor Tinto does get beaten up a lot, but he, she eventually wins her fights. Um, that's what I have to say. Like the buttons feel a little bit slow unless it's something I can beat up with my uh, starter Pokemon because the uh, Pokemon that I have right now are really attackers, like specialized in attacking. So I think I'm going to have to level up a little bit more. 
Remind me, are you doing the thing where you, like, have to have the Pokemon that you come across first, but you get two re-rolls? Or is it just that you've randomized all the Pokemon? I randomized all the Pokemon. Okay, but you can have whichever ones you want. Yeah, though I try not to stay too much, like, randomizing the Pokemon that I want. So I, like, uh, catch one or two Pokemon per route. And it's like one of the first three Pokemon that I find on the on the route. Oh, okay. So you're kind of doing it that way. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so that's how I ended up with a Tinto, uh, Rumish, uh, Tepig, uh, Gothita, and a Kabutops, which is a weird party to have in any Pokemon game. Which is why I was oh. asking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, enough of Pokemon White. I am also playing Age of Empires 4. I played one quick round uh, before uh, recording. Mm. And I won against the um, AI, the hard one. So it's, it is time, I think, to try to defeat the hardest one before going back to the player. Which, by the way, the season three is here. Oh, so the new the new teams, the new, new teams, new empires. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play a lot this week, but at the very least next week, or like next next week, we are having some Malians and Ottomans action in the podcast. Ooh. So I'm going to try to play with the new civilizations, see how they play, see if it's for me or if I just with Holy Roman Empire. And maybe I'll play a wider map if I'm feeling adventurous. Right now, I am not, but if in the future I'm feeling adventurous, I'm going to try the new water maps to, because they did a whole water rework, which is nice. I started Spine Rancher 2. I played for like 15 to half an hour because Motion Sickness came to bite me. Thank you, Motion Sickness. But the game looks gorgeous. Like, Monami Park really knocked it, knocked it out of the park because the game is absolutely gorgeous looking. Like, they changed some of the textures of the game. They changed the, the, the overall lighting, lighting of the game. So everything looks softer and, like, warmer. So Slime Rancher just got cuter. Even if yeah. yeah, I didn't know if it was possible, but it got cuter. And I love it. I've encountered so far one of the newer slimes, that is the cotton slime. That is a slime with bunny ears and a little cotton tail. That's oh. its name. And it travels, though you have to be careful because that sucker jumps high. So you have to have your slime pen with the double high thingy. Um, probably with the, the lid, too. Huh. I ran into the usual hand hands as chickadoos and the pink slimes as well. Um, yeah, the hand hands and the chickens do look puffier. Like, I, they updated the models as well. 
and they updated the portraits of most of the stuff, like the art, the 2D art for the things that are on the Slimepedia. They updated all of that. So it's not only like a new code of 3D paint, it's also a new code of 2D paint for the artwork. Mm. And you now have some sort of a story being told here, like more than in the first game. In the first game, the story was like very heavily implied by the note you found of the previous rancher that uh, was in London Ranch. In the not London Ranch, it was in the Far Far Ranch. Uh, Legend of Zelda Slime Princess. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing is that the other characters that were that contacted you on the first game are back in the second game and they have like full-on visual novel portraits now which is nice so mm -hmm. as you talk to them they have the a more extensive dialogue than the first game and they you also have a nice visual to complement that and the kind of like the story so far is that you were just doing your slime rancher activities on Far Far Ranch. And there was a little boat that came to the shore with a note saying that, hey, there's new stuff on, there's some interesting stuff on the Rainbow Island. So now you go to Rainbow Island to start a new ranch and to uh, see all the new signs and unveil the story. And um, I think that's enough back for only 15 minutes of Sign Rancher. <laughs> and finally, I've, I've talked about this game more than I played it so far. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And finally, I started a game that is a lot like a roleplay game, and that is Disco Elysium. Oh, and I say it's, yeah, it is like playing a roleplay campaign. Like you have a narrator, at all times you have a narrator and you interact with the characters and you make choices and some of those choices aren't like exactly like good choices either. And I think the things you can do depend on the character you pick and the personality they have. And personally, I picked the uh, second character on the list, and that was the crazy one. Oh, that's the Because best. who doesn't like to play... Yeah, that's the best. Who doesn't like to play a crazy character on a D&D campaign? It is the best. And I'm just going to say, the next type talks, it speaks to me. It tells me to Damn say right things it does. that I would rather not say. <laughs> and the guy who voices it, like, isn't it the same guy from Hades, I think? Um, I think the narrator, anyway, his voice is incredible. It's like, go on. Yeah, the voice acting in the game, because I am playing the version that got the voice, act the voice acting added to it. Is amazing. Like, I would recommend everyone to play the voice acted version of the game because it adds so much life to it. Another thing is that 
um, I watch a little bit of Aaron playing this game, and he picked a logical character. Ooh. And it was like we were playing two different games at some point. Like the um, I forgot the other cop's name. Uh, Kim. The Kitsurai. one that Kim. Yeah, Kim. Kim. Oh my God, bless him. Kim's the best. <laughs> Kim. Kim's the best. Uh, and it's very funny because Aaron's character was having like very detective-like conversations with Kim, and he was playing so people wouldn't know like his characters have media. So he was like trying to collect information from the world and trying to be like a good professional and trying to solve this crime. And he was like getting along with Kim. Well, my character was like a hotness. He was like, hey, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember shit. Who are you? <laughs> Why am I here? And Kim, it is, he's like one step away from sending my character to wherever, far away from him. Because he's just like an incompetent bastard right now. Mm -hmm. He he's such a mess right now. Um nothing makes sense and he a character actually started kidding on the old lady on, on the wheelchair because like the the the, the necktie told me stuff. And I don't know, like the playthrough is so 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 chaotic that I am not quite sure if my character will survive the run. Because you can die on this game. Like I have to restart your run. Or like from or like restart from the last save point, but to be fair, Paulus usually saves a lot on Chimara Dense because <laughs> reasons. Yeah, but the, the practice reason, is drilled I into you. I forget to sure. save on Disco Elysium a lot. Oh, yeah. You, I quick save uh, so much in Disco Elysium. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And another friend, Visa, another friend of the podcast, uh, hey. started the game, too. He made a character and died like five minutes in because he was trying to get the necktie without um, turning it <laughs> off the... Be fun. I know exactly what that. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> there are some hilarious. So in this game. Yeah, and it is very fun. So even if this and I are playing the exact same character, and we are both kind of chaotic in our decisions, we are still like making different decisions. So this game, in that sense, is amazing because not. To, not two players will have the same experience, even if they, um, even if they do pick the same character. It is the ramifications that it has means that your experience is gonna be probably different each time you play it, even if the overarching story is the same. Yeah, I mean, what game can you play where you can be an anti-fascist communist or a total totalitarian? Like, I mean, there's like literal levels yeah. of like communist. I love it. And like, oh, fuck. It's 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 such a good game. It does make me want to go back and, and keep going. But yeah, it's it's a lot, but it's so good. 
Yeah. Uh, I know I, I can see why uh, you said that it is a lot of text that you have to read. It is a lot of text that you have to read yeah. because everything is narrated and there's a lot of information that you have to really be like looking for and have to be very attentive when you yeah. you have to be paying attention to this thing and otherwise not, you will miss things right it's not like some games where you could just kind of ignore some stuff right and just be like uh that's not that necessary i can skip this text it's like no all the text is so no. incredibly well written that you're like uh, I feel bad if I try to skip some of this and like you're probably actually going to miss some important information so it's like one of the few times where I'm like yeah they've earned all the text that they've put into the game but man did they put a lot into the yeah. game this has to be like the equivalent of like fucking six novels it's so much writing yeah though I am very looking forward to the rest of the adventure and I'm, I'm really curious if I'm going to be able to make a, a successful run on my first try, or if I'm going to die in the, in the process. So that's going to be fun. So enough about what I've been playing. Rick, tell us what you've been playing. Sure thing. So this week, weirdly, has been quite a busy one. So although I've completed two games, there's not loads extra to go into it. So I'm technically still playing A Link to the Past. Haven't played a lot of it. Um, Guacamelee 2, I have played a lot more of. Still really, really good. I've got a soft spot for Chicken Juan. Uh, there's a, a power-up you get quite early on. Instead of, like, having a morph ball or, like, a, a crouch ability or anything like that, uh, you can literally turn into a chicken who's, like, a third your character's height. And there's dungeons that you do that are, like, specifically chicken. You could, you have to play through the house of the chicken. And the chicken has most of the same moveset that you do, with the exception of its special moves. So you're like grabbing enemies with the chicken and suplexing them as a chicken. Um, it, it's just so much fun. Um, and the chicken's floatier, so there's like a discernible difference in terms of combat as well. Um, real great game. I think I'm approaching the end because I've got all the main special abilities for Juan. I think I'm missing a special ability for the chicken. So I, I, and the story feels like it's approaching a climax as well. So that shall be interesting. Um, played a bit more of Resident Evil 2. Yeah, not sure if it's my bag. Like, but I had to fight with it a little bit, first of all, because uh, they they ditched the DirectX 11 version of this game. And Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, um, my aging laptop struggles with DX12. Like, it can do it, but I had to drop the settings a fair bit more to get it to not give me fake errors every 10 minutes of gameplay. Yeah, I and it, it's hard to put... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think that's the ideal way to play this game. <laughs> no, no, and, and that's fair, but even it relies a lot on um, Fidelity FX, which is like the the free open source AMD powered version of um, DLSS. So it's like filtering and upping the resolution scale, if I'm understanding that tech correctly. So it's that that I mainly had to drop down. It basically it's it seems to be a little bit CPU bound. Um, I mean, it's CPU or GPU, it's going to struggle because my hardware is quite old and not mm. super powerful. Um, but it's running; it looks good enough. Like it, it's not ideal, as you say, but it's not a problem per se either. There's nothing especially not right with the game. It's not that it's the game's not your kind of bad. 
just not moving the needle for me. I, I've never been particularly a horror player, so um, I think I touched on it a little bit last week. The the gunplay isn't really doing it for me. The, there's nothing pushing me away per se, but there's not really a lot holding me. Um, I'm going to try and persevere with it because obviously that's the whole point, but I, I wouldn't be too surprised if I retire it either. Um, it's not very long, I'll, I'll give you that. No, and that. that I have heard. Nevertheless, <laughs> um, I've retired shorter games for less. Um, the the thing I've really been playing this month is Rhapsody, which, despite being laughably easy, like really stupidly pointlessly easy, has been captivating. There's a real charm also, to the visuals, Rick, to the story. Construction Red. going on or something outside of you? Because there's just been. I like... have fireworks. Ill. fireworks. I can only apologize yeah. to listeners at home. I think we had a problem Fire with them last week as well. Fireworks. Because I live among idiots. I really don't know. Oh, I see. Okay. It's, it's just youngins being stupid. <laughs> yeah, basically. Let's go with that. Um, Rhapsody is very engaging, very charming. The systems don't really make a whole lot of sense. But I can't put it down. Which is weird. I, I think I mentioned... In a previous episode, I bought this two pack for the other game on it, and yet Rhapsody is the one that I've ended up being drawn in by. Um, another really, really short one. I think ten to twelve hours is what we're looking at. Reckon I've not got many hours of that left to go. So um, yeah, again, another one I'm expecting to have completed pretty sharpish. Uh, the last one, just to touch on in terms of currently playing's, is a little mobile curiosity called automatoys like automatons but with a y instead of an n um this is like god what's an icon this to it's like uh a children's toy where you press buttons and little parts of it move around and you're guiding a ball from one end to the other but as a digital thing that's lovingly crafted it's an easy way to lose a few minutes and just be like, oh. <laughs> there, there is no good way to communicate the charm of this game. Uh, I read a Eurogamer review for it when it was on iOS, uh, left that tab open on my phone as a reminder um, to eventually check if it would get an Android port, which it recently did. Um, it's free. I think there's like a purchase later on or some ads or something. I haven't got that far in. I've only played a couple of levels. Um, but it's nice. I like it. It's great for, you know, a couple of minute time wasty distraction thing or a little um in betweeny sort of thing, which, you know, is is the benefit of being on mobile. I think if this were on Switch, I'd hate it. But on mobile it works. Uh so far. <laughs> so that's me for playing. That's us for playing. Damn. Uh should we jump onto our topic? Yeah. This is gonna be a this is gonna be yeah. a short one, folks. We've been giving you these big massive episodes over the last little while so finally we're going to give you a slightly shorter one <laughs> actually stick to time for once which will be nice so i the, the prompt this time is just that we're at the time of year when lots of games come out all at once for no discernible reason um so the the one that jumped out at me on the schedule is on the 2nd of december uh you have midnight suns and a new need for speed 
and the Callisto protocol all coming out. And then a week later, you've got um, the, the Crisis Core remake. And God of War like, is coming all... out. And God of War. Yeah, of course, and God of War is coming out like mid-November just before then. Uh, there's a new Pokemon game coming on the 18th. Yeah. Um, there's just lots, one after another, after another. And I suppose digging in one to why, two into how, because games are hard to schedule, like notoriously so. There's so many moving parts there. And um, also what promotes the different rushes, because there's a big rush coming Feb as well. February next year is when everything seems to be being delayed to, and there's loads of big releases coming there as well. Hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I think part of it has to do with business quarters, like what what they actually, what like fiscal quarters actually are. Um, because yeah, because I know that they go in three year period, three month periods, right? Like that's the typical because there's four yeah. uh, quarters within a year. But I know that they're also not like because um, isn't it like okay? Because I know that companies have it's not like all companies have this like January, February, March, April, May, June, right? Like they like it's split up very differently across the world in different in different ways. And I feel like this like last one, the 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 because I don't know, is November and December considered Q four or is it considered Q three? Because I feel like a lot of Japanese companies, their Q four is like in um Feb, April, May. I right? I think yeah. The, yeah. the standard is Q one is Q four very... who is August, September, October. Three is November, December, Jan, and four is Feb, March, April, which is why when people are like, Q4 2022, you have to remember that actually that could be like a third of the way through 2023 before it comes out or something like that. Hmm. Sorry, what were we going to say, Paula? Oh, that I thought Q4 was um, January, February, March, but yeah. I think about it. Is it January? I don't think it's that neat. Google yeah. one, I You know what? It's really hard to find <laughs> on Google. Because, um, like, in Canada, ours goes from January to, de- to December, I think. Like, it's like, you know, like, it's like it follows that kind of calendar. But I'm having a... Oh, my God. My dog is farting so much right now. I don't want to kill myself. This is the worst <laughs> smell I've ever... <laughs> You jerk. This is the quality podcast content yeah, people come for. Go throw her out the window. That's what you're getting. Not really, but yeah. Do we edit it out or do we like no, leave it. this in and just dob Molly out to our community? Yeah, the dog. Oh, she's a Frenchie. They always smell like shit. <laughs> oh, there you go. I, I think it's like the tax year because I think most companies' tax year ends either end of March, start of April, or end of April, start of May. I want to say the former. So I don't know if the if the queues. Oh. Oh, no, I, I, don't know. I think that's why the cues are aligned. Go oh, ahead. Did you find it, Paula? Yeah, I found out that first of all, I remember that the fiscal the fiscal year for Japan it started like in April because that's mm. where the classes start. Um, it is kind of like organized that way because they um for fiscal reasons, pretty much. Mm. And the fiscal quarters uh, are, oh my god! I, well, yeah, because they're April, January, well, February, and March Q one, April, May, and June Q two. 
July, August, and September Q3, and October, November, December Q4. Is that uh, for Japan or is that for, because like, isn't Japan's fiscal quarters April, May, June, Q1, Q2 is July, August, September, Q3 is October, November, December, and then Q4 Oh, January, I'm an idiot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, like, actually, there's a really fun, if you want to go do some fun business shit, and go look on uh, Wikipedia. They have all of the world's fiscal quarters um, put into when they start um, and like how they're organized. Like for instance, Australia starts in July. Um, Austria is in January. Like so is Canada is uh, in January, um, even though, uh, or sorry, Canada is in April as well, but the personal one and corporate one is in January. So it's confusing, right? Like there's different levels to this, right? So it's like there's government fiscal years and then there's like corporate fiscal years and personal fiscal years. It's a whole bunch of fiscal year stuff. But I'm assuming that because Japan is one of the, you know, biggest uh, creators of um, games, that it kind of makes sense actually when you think about it because um, when was, you know, um, the Switch released? March 2017. Right before the end of the fiscal year. The end of their fiscal year, right? So that that's a big kind of bump to their fiscal year. Um, and in fact, when I think about it, it and I don't know if, if this is back can be backed up by anything, but it does seem like a lot of Japanese games release around that time. And when you're looking at the U.S. games, like a lot of those games you talked about are U.S.-based games that are coming out November, December, which will be the end of their fiscal year. Um which seems to me like something that these companies are probably trying to push out, right? They're like, all right, we want to make sure that we have something big at the end of our year, you know, <laughs> to make up for any shortfalls you've had. Yeah. But then also probably to like blend off into the next year. It's like, if you release a big game at the end of your, that makes your next year start look great, right? Because you're probably still selling a shit ton of those games. Like Santa Monica is going to look real good. Of course, then you have the weird thing of like how Sony's owned by the US and by Japan. I don't know nearly enough about how businesses like to run. So, uh, you know, we could be wrong entirely about all of this, but like from the layman's perspective, I I feel like that's likely where a lot of the pressure comes to release things. Right. And when you think about it, like most countries, it seems, um, except uh, Australia, but like the summer is typically the middle of a fiscal year for most, uh, for most countries that at least countries that are really heavy into video game development. Right. Um, mm. and it seems like because that always seems to be the dry zone I mean for the love of God July and August it's like there's nothing <laughs> you know? like games are just like yeah no we got nothing right now and then and which I guess also makes sense because what do people tend to do in the summer at least in the northern hemisphere go, go on holiday yeah go on Albeit, holiday mm-hmm. you would think that a holiday would be a time when people would have more time to play games and do other things but also you need your company around and you need your like imagine these days too right i'm sure you could have done that in the 90s when a game goes gold and that's fucking it but like nowadays a game releases and that's actually the busiest fucking time um right because like the yeah. minute it releases is when everybody is all hands on deck because they got to patch shit and like there's constant work that they have to do so it's like it actually yeah. seems to me to make sense that games are being released in like November, um, this November, early December timeframe, because it's like, get all the shit you need done before people start taking their vacation, <laughs> um, mm. and, you know, work them into the ground. Right. Um, which is unfortunate and cynical, but I don't know. That's I, I can sort of see how that might happen. Right. Because like 
at least in the northern and of course i'm very biased right now thinking like kind of europe and north america thoughts i really just don't fully like i kind of know japan's work culture but obviously not not a ton here i know that they work very intensely kind of all year round but at least in Mm. in canada and the u.s i find that kind of synced up with our school year the september october november december sort of time period is like a heavily productive time period where like people are just like battening down the hatches and getting getting things done um i don't know what do you think (laughs) i think it's the structure of the fiscal year uh, impacts a lot like where when the games are being released but also especially for some games for example pokemon you want that release near christmas because what's gonna uh, what are parents gonna get their their son the latest pokemon game or like the latest uh, put name insert name here a uh, game in the series yeah. So it kind of makes sense to me, like, they want the game to be kind of fr- fresh still, like, in Christmas, because that's where you're going to have, like, an increase on player base, especially for the online stuff. I feel like that makes sense yeah. for North America and, and Europe and whatnot, too. But, you know, I, I'd, I'd even argue, too, though, like, even, like, Christmas aside, that time of year, November, December, there are so many holidays for so fucking many um, like faiths and like countries, right? That it seems like it's just an apt time to get that shit out. But then I guess too, February, there's another huge goddamn holiday that hits in February, which I guess hasn't been like capitalized on as much lately, but like Lunar New Year coming out is such a huge time as well. And then you get like Golden Week coming up. Anyway. It's, I suppose for me, I, like obviously, when a game gets released is interesting. It's interesting how little, or at least how little compared to how much you'd think it would matter, companies take into account other big releases around it. So, like, mm. for example, if you are the company who on December 2nd is releasing the Callisto Protocol, like, you don't ideally want to be going against a really promising marvel game at the same time it's not necessarily overlap in that instance but it's it's going to take a lot of sort of um mind share and new space and things like that and you know there's there's often prevalent examples the one that always springs to mind for me is titanfall coming out at the same time as battlefield where it's like you've got two big fps things and you're releasing them together and i suppose now that you've both said oh yeah financial like quarters and things like that kind of makes sense because like doesn't matter how much it makes as long as it's out of the door and making something um but by the same token you do wonder to what extent those things are planned around each other even within companies square Enix is another one where like this year particularly it seems like they've had a game a week and there's so so much overlap in marketing you must think it should cannibalize one or the other well i know they do pay attention because like um wasn't it? I think Midnight Suns moved up, I think, or something when, when a game got like delayed um, or, or no, that one got delayed and then a different. Oh, fuck that one got know. delayed longer, but the new gen and PC versions got delayed not as much. Yeah, no, that, that it was, game was Scorn. Out, like, Scorn got moved up, actually, I remember. Scorn yeah. was moved up uh, because it was supposed to release later and then it got moved. And there's another game, I think, recently that just got moved up as well. 
Um, mm. But like, there are yeah, a few games that like games get delayed, and then they're like, oh, actually, let's take that slot. So like, it does seem like, and also, you know, for instance, when like even when uh when Starfield had been announced for like November 11th, and then even when it got delayed, like no one was like, well, we're not touching that date, right? <laughs> it's just like one of those things where it's like it seems like there are these kind of like agreed on things. Like I'm sure some some publishers talk because like I would imagine that as much as they, we talk about competition, right? Like ultimately I would assume all of these publishers want their games to sell as well as fucking humanly possible. Right. So like, it seems to me as though it would be in everyone's best interest if they at least talk a little bit about when the hell is my game release is your game releasing. Right. And like getting some mm-hmm. slight idea, idea so that you're not actually going up against each other. Um, Cause why would you want to shoot yourself in the foot? Right. You, you know, and yet you do see it happen, and that's the baffling thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see interesting stuff. Oh. No, no, go ahead. You also see interesting coincidences, like um, when Horizon Zero Dawn and Breath of the Wild released, like, pretty much, I believe it was either the same day or the same week. And then it happened Those again, didn't it? Because um, yeah. the, the new Horizon released at the same time as, was it Elden Ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got and they're, they're both that. kind of comparable um, games, big open world action games. And I suppose that's my thinking. Like you're throwing that game out to the wolves to a certain extent. Yeah, they got entirely fucked by that one. Um, I, I I would also say I think we're in a bit of a weird situation right now too, where like, um, the pandemic has fucked up release schedules entirely. Also fair, yeah. Like, I feel like, I think there would be an interesting study to, like, look at what schedules were like before and after, because I'm certain there have been, like, uh, there was probably quite a disparity um, between when games have released. Uh, Because I feel like last year, there were lots of games, of course, but it did feel as though there was, like, a marked difference in the amount of games uh, that came out. Um, Because when I look at last year, it's a pretty like um like a pretty normal amount of games released um although March was a heavy month for games that year which again makes sense And it's going to be this again year. this year coming yeah. 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 Um and this year in general it's it's felt like September was pretty big. There was like a lot of games that came out in September. Um this month not not a ton but there's been some. Like it's been it's been a good number of games uh but November does seem like a fucking nuts month. Um for games in general and it's just going to keep going all the way out through de- through december yep there's loads coming including and i forgot this was a game sonic frontiers <laughs> i forget too <laughs> I, yeah kind of mad god knows what that's going to turn out like who knows it's so off topic but i kind of like the idea that it, it becomes incredible and everyone eats humble pie but i just don't feel like that's going to be the reality of it but i'd love it to be i don't care about sonic but i'd be very much about that yeah i have a very strong feeling it, it won't but who knows <laughs> um, i think that tangent maybe signals that we've we've sort of done all we can with that topic and it might possibly unless any of you want to stop me at this specific moment be time for us to move on to how long to beat the game um alex i believe it is your week it is so 
we did, we just had a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> so uh, if we had stopped now, Rick would win. But we're going to keep going because it's really close. And uh, I'll play a Vita game with Rick or whatever in December. Um, just give us a little more of a I'll buffer. Make no such yeah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I can do it. I don't care. Um, so uh, the, the current scores right now is that it is 14 for Rick, 13 for me, and 12 for Paula, uh, which is pretty interesting. Pretty close. So... Your game this week. I'm sorry, someone's decided now is the perfect time to mow their fucking lawn. Um, <laughs> let's see here. It is. No, we already did that one. No, we already did that one. No, Give it's DLC. Okay. <laughs> Why are these all DLC? <laughs> all right, this is neat. Pokemon Ranger Shadows of Almia. Oh, is that the DS one where you had to draw is the that... circles around them? Shadows of Almia is, is the first one or the second one? Because I think there's two Pokemon Ranger games, or am I... No, there's one. I'm being stupid. Okay, and what, what do you want the bonus question to be this time, Alex? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, let me see... <laughs> okay. Um. Um. Okay. That's actually tough. I'm trying to think of like what's a good. Um. Ah. Okay. I like this. What platform has the least number of completions for this game? So basically, when people submit this game on How Long to Beat, they can put down what platform they beat it on. And I want to know what platform has this game been beaten on the least amount of times. That is going to be interesting. Hmm. Because I can think of three platforms, quote unquote. Uh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Ha! There's a whole bunch. <laughs> I'll tell you this right now, because uh, I'll give you like, a, it's not even really much of a hint. There are four platforms listed for this um, that people uh, have put in. Uh, or, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Officially, uh, there's only two listed, but yeah. This is a tie break, potentially. So I, I think I know the two you mean, but which one is it? Yeah. Hmm. Hey, uh, I wouldn't have got okay. this, I don't think. <laughs> but you might, so we'll see. I, I might be barking up the wrong tree, but I think I know where you're going with this. Okay, yeah. I'll, if you do, I'll be impressed. Because um, even I'm not really sure. Right. I mean, if if I've got it the wrong way around, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not sure about this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll find out. Also, I just realized. Okay, mine are mine are over. <laughs> okay. There we go. Um. So we've got them both submitted here. All right. So we're gonna start with. Our main times here. Hold on. So I'm going to pull it up on my computer because I've been using my phone, but I want to use Discord uh, to find your times. So what we have here, Paula has said 
22 hours. And Rick has said... 22 hours. And you both get points because it is 22 hours. Hey. All right. Now, uh, let's see here. For main plus, Rick has said 28 hours. And Paula has said 32 hours. It is, in fact, 26 and a half hours. Hmm, okay. So, Rick, you're going to pull that point yeah. there. Uh, for 100%, Paula has said 40 hours. And Rick has said I've overshot 50 this. hours. And yeah. you way overshot it, Rick. It is, in fact, 40 hours. Yeah. So Paola is going to get that point. All right, now, this last one, the lowest platform. Paola has said emulated. And Rick... And let me talk you through my thinking before you say this. So okay. there's a few games that got ported, the <laughs> Wii U DS games. Now, either I've got bamboozled here and you've curveballed me and Paolo's just got these two points or this is one of the few DS games that managed to get a port. Well, we're going to find out. Um, all right. Uh -huh. so... I'm gonna I'm gonna list out the platform and like uh, oh fuck off so Nintendo us. DS ninety eight Nintendo three uh -huh. DS fifteen uh -huh. mm -hmm. emulated two oh. Wii U one <laughs> so you <laughs> <laughs> oh thank goodness so that is two points for Rick on that one but that was close that could have been anyone. Oh. God damn it. I thought that was an interesting one because I was like, oh, yeah, the Wii U. forget about the Wii U one. Right? See, that's why I said I would have forgot too, but yeah. then I remembered, right, you could do the DS screen on the Wii U and then they had it on the big screen. It was actually a fun way of playing Wii, uh, DS games. I would never have thought it. You were like, there's three platforms. I was like, Ugh. Oh, I said there's four platforms. Well, eventually, yeah, but then that was when you were tagging emulated in. I hadn't thought of the emulation as a platform, even though it is on the site, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, yeah. So, yeah. Great, because Palace said three, it. and then I was like, four, yeah. I, I thought that was kind of a fun, a, a, little, a little fun one there. So now Ooh. the scores are 18, 14, 13. Still anyone's game, because next round is going to be, uh, uh, will be Paola, um, and then against Rick and I, and then Rick will do the final one in this one. So still pretty darn close. Still anyone's game, for sure. Probably got two points there. Yeah. Um, Rick went up four points, I think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because we close. tied the first one, didn't we? Yeah. So there was more more mm -hmm. points than points. Yeah. Went around there, which is pretty nice. Sweet. Well, that's it for this week, really. A bit of a, a bit of a shorter episode, um, but I think that's kind of nice. Sometimes you need to have a little bit of brevity in life, you know. Short and sweet. <laughs> Precisely. Um, so tune in next week. Oh yeah. Plus last week, I mean, we had the cock on, and that was a huge episode. So. Um... <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Oh, of course. <laughs> I wish there was. But that's a good one. Um, uh. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> peace.